Welcome to the Principal Podcast Party. This is episode 15, Preparing for the Principal Interview. school leaders and welcome to the principal podcast party hosted by your very own p3 team we believe that every school deserves a dynamic principal who fights mediocrity and empowers those around them every single day i'm keith greiser and i'm allison gregory and it's time to get this party started Hey, school leaders, thank you for joining us today on the P3 podcast. I am super excited to have my partner with me, Miss Allison Gregory from way down in WKY. And I can't wait to have this conversation with her today. It is hiring season, and there are currently, as of this morning, 38 principal positions listed on the KEPS job search site. There are additionally 70 assistant principal and dean positions that are listed right now on the KEPS site. And so Allison and I wanted to talk a little bit today about interviewing and resume tips for aspiring principals. This would also apply to aspiring assistant principals and the conversation we're going to have today. We would love to have your feedback. We would hope that you would follow and like and give us a good review on whatever podcast format you are listening to us on. But Allison, how are you doing today? Hey, I am so good and I'm so excited about this podcast party. Me too. It's so good to have you here. So I wanted to start off with a little quote that says, I will prepare so that when my opportunity comes, I will be ready. That's a quote by Steve Jobs, and I thought it might set the scene for this podcast. So what are your thoughts on that quote? Well, it's absolutely true. Um, preparation doesn't start when the job is posted. So I absolutely um, see and understand that there's, what, over 100 administrative school administrative jobs open. But if you are not preparing every day of the school year, in my mind of just thinking through my principles doing this, what would I do? How would I do this? Just those questioning. I'm not saying you're sitting at your desk preparing documents every day, but I think you've got to be in that mindset constantly, especially when you are thinking about taking that step into admin of always those questions of when I get my school, how will I do this? So Absolutely, the preparation is key. And then when those jobs are posted and you want to sit down and apply and get your materials ready, then you have meat um, to put into those, if that makes sense. So I know you didn't ask me this, but probably the first thing I'd do is keep a notebook or a Google sheet or Google Keep of just notes as you go throughout. Um, how would you do things? Which is a great way to get into the documentation because as a principal, you have to document just about everything that goes on uh, for your sanity and protection. So thanks for that. I was I was going to go into resume tips, mm -hmm. but that quote first came to my mind and, and I read it as I was doing some research for this podcast. And you know, that's, we can make our 
-hmm. we can make our resumes look pretty. We can do all mm -hmm. kinds of things to doll them up and have mm -hmm. them printed on really nice paper with mm -hmm. some great graphics from <laughs> Canva and all that good stuff. But the important part is what experiences have you had and what leadership opportunities have you taken advantage of from the seat that you're currently in as you prepare for an administrative position? Right. So a couple of things. I just prepped someone yesterday um, for an interview. They were going for um, a principal position. And the statement they made to me was, I haven't interviewed in 11 years. And so updating your resume after 11 years is absolutely cumbersome. So I think my first coaching piece is you need to update whatever you're using as your resume or um, professional document on a yearly basis, annual basis. So at the end of each year, I made it a point to pull up my resume and be able to put in what I had done that year to grow as a leader. So when we look at that resume, let's just talk about resumes for just a second. If I am sitting there looking at someone's resume, I want to know what sets you apart, right? So we always have to put on their work experience, et cetera. But I lean away from special skills or um, those type of headings. And I go more toward, especially for that job, what are the experiences that have prepared me for that job? So for my leadership resume, I'm putting things on there like, professional experiences. So, and then um, leadership positions I've held. So if I'm a PBIS team leader, or I am the technology leader for my school, or I'm a coach of something, or I'm a literacy coach, those are the types of things I'm putting on my resume, which hear me now, are you ready? I need like a drum roll or something. Hmm. Your resume should be one page. No one is going to look at more than one page as far as a resume is concerned. And if you can't wrap your mind around that and you got to have everything on there, then I would say, okay, attach your 17 page resume or whatever it is to your application. But when you go in for an interview, I really coach people to have a one pager. I, I just don't think people are going to really dig in and look past one page. So whatever is most important, if you're going to have more than one page, it needs to be on the first page. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Now I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wanted you on here because we can go off in all kinds of squirrel hunts in different directions. Um, one of the things that I wanted to make a note about as you prepare, and even right now, it's the end of the year, you know, it's coming up on the end of the year, but if you are seeking a principal position or an assistant principal position, I cannot encourage you enough to seek out a mentor mm -hmm. and do some shadowing of them and see what their day is really like and see what their night is really like. Um, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that go beyond the school hours when you're doing the, the administrative positions. Um, if you can shadow them in leading an SBDM meeting or as they work with the building assessment coordinator preparing for K-PREP testing, and uh, those kinds of things can be invaluable to you as a leader and can also allow you to speak to an interview team more confidently because you've seen in action how the, prepare, how the preparation work goes for those types of things, as well as how they're carried out by the mentor that you have. Um, thoughts on a mentor, Allison? 
Now that is, that is absolutely key. And a lot of people will say, I don't have time. Um, and my quote always with statements like that is you don't have time not to. So especially if you're in a classroom setting right now and you're not like an instructional coach or something that doesn't have, you know, that you have a little more leniency as far as your day schedule goes, I absolutely would take a personal day and do just that. Um, and then also, I love your ideas of go to a site-based meeting, go to those things that you don't necessarily do as a teacher, but you're going to need to do as a site-based member. Um, my first site-based meeting as a principal was my first site-based meeting. Mm -hmm. That's, so that's happened that a was, lot. Yes. And that was really scary, Keith. Like, I'm like, I want to follow the law. I want to make sure everything is correct. And so definitely I was seeking out those organizations or resources to make sure I was doing it right. And so you're exactly right. If I could have gone to some site-based meetings prior to, I probably wouldn't have had that anxiety that I did um, for sure that day. All right, so we talked a little bit about only having a one-page resume, Allison, but I know that you have talked to our team before about a resume portfolio and even something that is online, having a Google site for yourself that mm -hmm. shows a little bit deeper into what your experiences and expertise is in. I, I think that we're living in a, a tech world. Uh, I think we have to move into that 2023 scenario uh, we've got a lot of schools that use some sort of learning management system, whether it be Google Classroom, Google Sites, Schoology, et cetera. And so in my mind, if I'm looking for a principal leader of a school, and a big piece of that, especially in the pandemic we saw, was being able to lead and teach via technology, then I'm going to want to see what you can do. The other piece of doing a portfolio via I do it on Google Sites, okay? So why did I do that? Because when you go to sit down for a leadership position, whether it be principal, instructional supervisor, old school, we would have taken a portfolio, right, Keith? That's right. And my portfolio at the time, this shows kind of my age, was by ISLIC standards. Now it would be by PSO standards. But the problem with that becomes you got one hard copy, one person can look at it at a time, and more than likely you have to leave it. All right, so how awkward is that when you don't get the position and you have to go pick up your portfolio? <laughs> I mean, that was just an awkward moment. And so uh, as I sat down and started to apply at, um, well, let's say, I guess it was about five years ago when I transferred it to an electronic means. The plus of that is I give everybody a QR code that they scan on their phone on the interview committee. It scans up to my Google site. I can have different sections of my Google site that they can go to. So I put my letters of recommendation there. I put um, PDFs of my evaluations there. I put, um, for me, one of my passions is speaking. And so I put a couple of my speaking engagements where they could go on YouTube and watch me talk if you really wanted to know what I was about in education. I even had references via Flipgrid. And I know that sounds crazy, but people aren't going to read letters, but they may click on a couple of flip grids and it was like a verbal recommendation. So not as formal, but quick, easy. 
And I had students and teachers and parents who were able to go on that Flipgrid in their own time. And it's not as cumbersome for them when you're asking for references. So I did mine through a Google site. I would recommend something technology-wise that everybody, it's always about access and opportunity, right, Keith? So I say that all the time with students in the classroom. But I want you to use that filter in everything you do. So I'm applying for a job. I want to give everybody at the table access and opportunity to my portfolio or my professional um, pieces at the same time where they don't have to wait on others. That, that's really how I did that. So I use a Google site and it's easy to update, right? I'm not making copies. I'm not printing. I'm just updating as I go. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's so applicable to everybody. And within that Google site, it can look very different from person to person. So it can be personalized. Um, you you know, you mentioned speaking and, the, and these things that you're passionate about. One of my passions is uh, deeper learning. And so mm -hmm. in all of my resume and my, my online portfolio, um, all the, the per professional learning that I've done around deeper learning and the opportunities for leadership that I've had, uh, to expand deeper learning here in the state of Kentucky. I include all of that on there. And so it's, it's important that the candidates, you as the candidates that are listening to this podcast, make it be about your passion areas. Sure. And so I think that, you know, determining your vision and then mm -hmm. being able to shine a light on how you plan to achieve that vision through all of the things, through your one-page resume, through your online portfolio, through the interview process, all of that needs to be focused on, here's my vision, and here's how we're going to achieve that vision uh, to get where we go. And as long as that's at the forefront, I think that, that uh, you know, the tools that we're mentioning during this podcast can really be utilized to emphasize the things that you think are important. All right, so that's huge. I couldn't agree more with you. When you are sitting down, you are trying to figure out what sets you apart. What are your non-negotiables? When you talk about a vision, I don't necessarily want a paragraph vision. I want to be able to tell everybody, like, what are my three big things, right, Keith? So what do you make every decision upon? What are going to be your three core values that you bring to our school or you bring to this position? And so if you haven't thought about that, that is definitely on your to-do list of thinking through what, just like you said, what is my vision of leadership? What are my three core um, things? And no matter what position you go for, it ends up, that's the same thing. So if you ask me, it's about communication, right? That, that is something I am passionate about. We have to do no matter what position I'm in. So I talk about those things and how I'm going to communicate to stakeholders. Um, culture. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it was curriculum. Um, so I adjusted that through the year. So I didn't just say curriculum, because when you sit down with an interview committee with a principal interview, you got parents sitting there that don't really understand what curriculum is. So um, I ended up changing that through the years. And that's why I'm saying that to you guys who are listening, things are going to adjust as you grow and learn. And so it became like empower learning with me mm -hmm. because I wanted everybody to be a learner in the schoolhouse, whether it be my teachers, my assistant principals, my students. So um, what would, what would your three or what would your big pieces be? Obviously deeper learning, Keith, I just heard that. What, what would right. be something else that you would? 
Yeah, Sorry. deeper learning would definitely be one. And communication was also one of mine. But I think that one of the three of, of the things that you choose as a core value has got to be around being an instructional leader. I don't think that's a negotiable. I think that, you know, whatever it is, what yours was curriculum, uh, mine would be growing teachers. And so I'm passionate about professional development and helping teachers grow and putting putting in um, systems that help teachers yes. grow, especially new teachers you know, one of the things I was passionate about was a new teacher academy at each of the places mm -hmm. where I was a principal. And so uh, helping teachers grow uh, was was a big one for me and, and would be on my on my top three of, of the things that I prioritize. And so um, but I, I do like think a... it's, it's non-negotiable that one of mm -hmm. them has to be around instructional leadership because that's just you can't be a manager alone anymore in this position. Mm. Uh, and, and that's an important piece of the puzzle. And yet that needs to show through in your resume absolutely. and your, and your uh, interview. I can't amen that enough. We need like a drum roll or a <laughs> clap right there. Like that, that really is important. Um, we can't afford managers anymore. We really can. And you'll have some people say, that's just not my thing. I will hire an instructional leader. One of my assistant principals will be over curriculum and instruction and growing teachers. And I hear you like, it might not be your strength, but you have to know about it. You have to figure out what systems you would put in to coach and be an instructional leader. So while it might not be your thing, don't you agree, Keith? You've got to know about it. You at yes. least need to study it um, and empower those people around you. Because at the end of the day, especially if you're a principal, it all falls on you. Like, that's right. That's I mean, right. That's, that's yeah. the bottom line is the pressure is, I mean, it's yeah. there. You can delegate, but it's still your baby, no matter who mm -hmm. you delegate it to. And I would I would do want to throw in that... Um, one of my mentors, Chip Southworth, used to say, you can become a, um, an expert at anything if you'll read 30 books about it. And I do think that reading and self-growth and, and in the area of being an instructional leader uh, is something that, that each of us can do. But um, something else I want to say, we've talked about your resume or one pager. We've talked about going online with that. We've talked about... Um, the mentoring aspect, making sure that you take some time to shadow someone. We've talked about what can you read. And I know that might be overwhelming. Look at all this stuff they're telling us to do. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're going for an admin position or leadership is where you're wanting to go, that lifelong learner is going to be huge for you. Mm -hmm. So for me, I always did more than what was required of professional development and didn't expect necessarily to get paid, but I wanted to immerse myself all the time in what is coming, what is out there. And so many of our PDs now, Keith, are free. And so whether it's Kentucky Go Digital or down in Western Kentucky, we have the summit that Murray State hosts. Now there's teach meets across Kentucky that our digital learning coaches are putting on this summer. I mean, I would also encourage people to do more so that you can be exposed to what's out there and be able to talk about it because some of our teachers who are applying for these jobs, Keith, might work under management principles. And so mm -hmm. they haven't had the experiences maybe that other applicants are going to have. What do you, what do you say to that? I definitely agree. And, and there's so many things virtually, you know, the one of the pluses from the pandemic is 
we're all so much better at doing virtual conferences and our ed camp from p3 was virtual and there's so many resources on there of, of ideas that other leaders have and uh, i think that's going to be a blended thing from now on i think that because we as a society of educators became so um adept at using zoom and and uh, other online meeting platforms that people from across the state can attend the same meeting. They don't have to be gone for three days. And so I think that, uh, that that's going to continue. And there are so many opportunities. We try to list those on the, on the P3 calendar that I send out each month so that you can take a look at things. And uh, it can be overwhelming. I agree with you, Allison, that, that it can be overwhelming. And so I do think it's important to dig into the PCEL standards for principals figure out your growth areas that you want to grow in mm -hmm. and make sure that you address those, but don't neglect your passion areas either. And I know that there are things that people are passionate about, but we can always continue to get better, even at those things that we are passionate about and they're fun. So if it's something that you're really going to enjoy, absolutely take the time to seek out those opportunities as well. And lead some sessions. I mean, they're calling for, um, presenters now, which it's not really that scary. You're presenting what you do in the classroom, et cetera. Then you're going to add that to your one page or potentially of things mm -hmm. that you have led. I, I want to know that people can lead adult learning. Leading adult learning is so much different than student learning sometimes. Right. So, I mean, the setup's the same, your lesson planning's the same, but keeping adult learners engaged is tough. So yeah. that would be a way to get used to that as well. So we've gone a little bit here and there and everywhere, <laughs> but let's zero back in to close out by talking about the interview itself. And so mm -hmm. when people go into an interview for a leadership position, Allison, what's the number one thing that you're telling them as you advise your folks that have come to you, make sure that you do this. Hmm. Just one thing, Keith. Come no, on you can just start with one. Okay. All right. So number one, do your research. Do, do your background, talk to people. People will often say to me, isn't that cheating if I call, you know, the current principal that's retiring? Absolutely not. You want to know where the school is at, especially if it's not one that you are currently working inside. Um, so do your research. My next piece is you have to, there will always be the question of why are you applying for this position and why should we choose you? It's usually the first and the last question. And so be very prepared with your why, okay? Your why cannot be, well, because this is open and it's in my district. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be passionate and show that passion in that first question of this is why I want to be at this school. Nobody wants to hear that you're just applying for admin positions everywhere, okay? Mm -hmm. They want to hear why you want to be at their specific school and you've got to be specific with that answer. So those are my first two things. Number one, you've got to do. And then um, you, there's no way you can print off as many questions as you want, right, Keith? I mm -hmm. mean, and, and there may be some that are saying there may be some that aren't. People will say, should I write down my answers to questions and take them in there? Absolutely not. I'm going to say absolutely not. Because when an applicant sits across from me and starts reading from a piece of paper, I'm like, what is happening, mm -hmm. right? So that's why I'm so big on that one pager, because whatever your core values are for Keith, deeper learning, et cetera, have that one pager in front of you and all your plans or thoughts for that. So when they're asking you questions, connect it to your core. 
right? Connect it back to how you would go about that. Um, and that way it really streamlines that interview and sets it apart as well, because you're not just answering question after question. You want to connect it. And let's say you don't have experience in an area key. So let's say they give you a question and they're like, how would you lay this out? Or how would you do this? And you're a high school teacher applying for a middle or elementary school administrator. What would you say to that if you haven't had experience? How do they handle that question? Yeah, I, th I think that you have to be very honest and say, I'm not exactly sure because I've never been in that position before. Here's maybe an example of something similar which mm -hmm. is always good to be honest about that, that it's something similar that you can relate to. But I also think that it's important to say that here's how I would grow in that area. And the just the acknowledgement that you need to grow and here's the plan for how I might grow in that area, um, I think can come across to an interview committee as a lifelong learner type of thing. And, and people want a lifelong learner in those positions. Now you can't not know anything. You got to be able to speak to the strengths that you have, <laughs> yes. but, uh, but there, there are going to be things that you're not an expert in. I, w I remember mm -hmm. when I went to my very first um, principal interview and they had a task where they wanted me to go and take all of these data points that they had given me and come up with a plan for how I would attack um, the deficits that are within these data points. And that was outside of my scope of really where I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was something, and I didn't get the job. I had to go back, but that was something that I, I hooked up with my mentor and I said, hey, this is what they asked me. Uh, and, and I wasn't ready for that. Can you help me to, to be able to dig into data better than I currently am? And, and they helped themselves. They also hooked me up with some data experts uh, mm -hmm. who I was able to meet with. And it was very eye-opening uh, what the data can shed uh, light on uh, within the school. And so I've never been asked that again, but I did need to have it for my own purposes for when I Absolutely. did get in the principal chair, I was better able to break down data that was put in front of me uh, that, that was pertinent to our school and how we could help students grow. So. And I think it's absolutely. And I think be honest but have a plan with how you would figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. I would need to, you know, go to my resources, et cetera. The leader's job is not to know it all, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I try to tell people I prep like that, like you don't have to have every answer, but you do have to think through what would my plan, plan be to get that answer. Mm -hmm. Your job as a, as a leader, honestly, is support and give direction. It's not to do it all or be it all. Um, you want the school to be able to move on when you're not there, right? So, um, but interview, that those are the big things, like be honest, be open, um, and be prepared. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Be prepared. Yeah. Um, what about a couple of non-examples, Allison? What are things that you want to avoid in an interview uh, that sometimes trip folks up? I don't know if it trips people up, and I don't even know if people realize they're doing it, but bad-mouthing your current position mm -hmm. or your current school and why you're leaving and coming to their school is never <laughs> yeah. a good strategy. 
because that means you're probably going to badmouth my district. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So even if you're leaving on bad terms, like you're trying to get out of bad leadership or it's a bad situation, we all know that happens. We are not going to say that in an interview. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's not okay. And Keith, I see that a lot, even with teacher interviews or AP interviews, like just, mm-mm. no, we're, we're just not going to say anything, if that right. makes sense. Try yeah. not to, that's why the one pager, again, one pager is so important because don't ramble. Mm-hmm. You want to give <laughs> some information, give an example, but you don't want to talk for you know, ever on a subject. So when you catch yourself rambling, you're going to want to put it to a close. And that happens a lot on the very first question. They'll say, tell us a little bit about yourself. And the candidate's nervous and they're excited. And a lot of times they just start going through everything that's on that one pager and everything that was on the 17 page deeper (laughs) resume that they have uh, as well. So be be ready for that first question. Tell us about yourself Mm -hmm. and how you're going to be concise and uh, have a good introduction, but not tell them everything that's happened to you since you were in middle school and beyond. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's a good opportunity to give them your QR code or, mm-hmm. you know, a space to go learn more. You know, that's kind of how you could close it out. That, that's just yeah. a little piece. But if you want to know more, here's my QR code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were two that I had marked down. So I'm glad we're on the same page. The other, the, the third one that I had uh, as for my notes for this was, and we've already touched on this as well. Don't make up answers and pretend that you're someone that you're not. You know, there uh, are some times that you mm-hmm. come into an interview and you can get a feel for the room as to what they're looking for. Their questions may be leading and make sure that you're authentic to yourself. You're true to yourself as you answer those questions. Um, yes, you want to make connections with the folks, but you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you uh, during this process because it needs to be a, a good fit for both parties for there to be success uh, when you take a principal or any admin job. And so don't make up answers. Don't pretend that you're someone that you're not. Uh, be the real you as you do these interviews. I think that that will be helpful in all of your endeavors. And it may not show up, you know, you might get the job, but then if you are pretending to be something that you're not, uh, that oh, can come back to so bite hard. you five months later. So yeah, it, it sets you up for failure. So we don't want that. All right. I think it's about time for us to come to a close. Anything else that you want to add for the good of the day, Miss Allison? No, I have loved this podcast party with you, this duo. A hundred openings. It'll only get bigger probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Start now. Connect with us. Connect with P3. Um, We're there to help all leaders in Kentucky. That's, That's my closing thought. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you all for being here with us today. Uh, If you like this podcast, please click like and five stars and give us a nice review and share the podcast with someone else who you think might benefit from the things that you learned from us today. That's all we've got. Have a great day and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Principal Podcast Party today. Please like, subscribe, and share this episode with someone who would benefit from it. A new episode of the Principal Podcast Party will drop on the first Monday of each month. Please be sure to check out the resources and the learning guide in the podcast notes. P3 is a division of the Kentucky Department of Education created to support principals across the state. 
Links to our emails and to the P3 website can also be found in the podcast notes. We hope you had a blast at the party. See you next time.